0: Money FM 89.3, Best of Drive Time. Money FM 89.3. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. Right now, we're going to talk about, you know, d- to take you back down memory lane, do you remember that pair of shoes you saw on Instagram Live? It maybe happens uh, every night just before bed, and it happens to me anyway. It screamed love at first sight, right? And then by the time the seller replied to your message, was it sold out? Have you encountered that? I know I have. Well, you know, that will not be happening again. And it's all thanks to the evolution of social commerce. You can now bag that pair of shoes in just seconds. And everyone is getting on that bandwagon, I tell you. In fact, in Singapore alone, live streaming and gamification of online shopping experiences have increased by 1,890% since March 2020. That was at the height of the pandemic, right? Um, and it's capitulating uh, the social commerce market size from 1.25 billion US dollars this year to a colossal 3.37 trillion by the year 2020. 28. It's a it's a new era, right? And some people are calling it retailtainment uh, and speed is the new currency. So how can brands keep up with this fast-changing phenomenon? Well, on the line with me is Asnawi Jufri, Regional General Manager, Southeast Asia for Sleek Flow. Asnawi, hi, how are you?
1: Hi Elliot, nice to be on a call. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit uh, about, you know, some of the observations uh, in this space. But first, uh, Sleekflow, of course, uh, an omni-channel social commerce platform. You guys help companies manage channels like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, WeChat, Line, Live Chat, SMS even, and even email all in one place. Give us an overview of some of the new and upcoming trends across the social and e-commerce industries in Singapore and the region.
1: Right. Thank you. Thank you for the question. So, I think to tackle that question, maybe first I'd like to define what social commerce is. So I think for the benefit of the listeners, social commerce is basically how brands focus on the buying and selling of products and services via social channel. So in this regard, there are three things that most brands look at. First is that social commerce is a further drill down or, or evolution mm. of your typical e-commerce which you see on your website. Number two is that social channels are now allowing brands to further engage with customers and especially the aspect of videos, right? With TikTok, with your Instagram reels, they're unlocking the power of social commerce. Mm. In Southeast Asia alone, social media is the number one channel for this country. So every $5 that someone spends on online retail, it actually happens through social media. So much so that 49% of brands today are Mm. investing heavily on the social commerce trend, right? And this is because of, I think it's been accelerated because of COVID for sure, where customers or People like us, right? We spend a lot of our time buying or surfing social media to look at the different products and services that brand has. And then ultimately making a purchase either via WhatsApp maybe or via the web store or even e-commerce platforms like your Shopee or Lazada. Right? So I think all of these phenomenon, um, things that goes on from the day-to-day occurrences and of course the ubiquity of WhatsApp chat channels across Southeast Asia has led to a like you mentioned, a colossal rise or a rhetoric rise in the social commerce trend in mm. Singapore as well as Southeast Asia.
0: Yeah. as now you get the feeling that anyone who wants to get into this space, you know, uh, pursue it as a career, uh, it's inevitable that there's going to be an interlink between social platforms and e-commerce. How else do you see this evolution
1: going? Right. So I think besides just on the online and social commerce side, I think one important factor is to also not to discount the offline side. Okay. Right. So I'll give an example of a home and living brand. There's one of our customers. Okay. So it's a expensive um, luxury chair that is B2C and a B2B brand, right? Um, so you will, maybe, for example, it has about 30 owners in Singapore. So I think you might know what brand I'm talking about. Okay. You go to the outlet, right? Mm-hmm. And you try the chair, you try the massage services and you feel, oh, okay, this is something that is, you know, I'm interested to buy, okay. But will you really make a the purchase there and then? Maybe not. You would then leave the store, yeah, right. Yeah. And a lot of times, when we leave the store, how do we then contact the person that we've just talked to just a minute ago? And a lot of times, what we use is WhatsApp, mm. right? And in Singapore, the penetration rate for WhatsApp is eighty-three point two percent. So that's like almost eight out of every ten customers uses WhatsApp. But the problem with brands is that when we are speaking with the customer or the or the sales assistant using the WhatsApp, a lot of times this data is lost. It goes to their personal WhatsApp. So what Slickflow does is that we actually are basically a WhatsApp on steroids, right? We're agnostic to the brands that are using the chat platforms. We integrate everything together and with the interactions that this customer has when they go home, this becomes data for the home enabling brand. We use this data to do things like automation, to do things like nurturing to do things like segmentation, broadcasting. We can keep track of all of this. And the sales assistant, together with the HQ for marketing, for example, can collaborate on this particular individual. They just visited their outlet maybe yesterday mm. and push them towards the close. Because for most people buying an expensive product, there's 8,000 to 10,000. Usually you won't buy it you know, straight away when you go to the store. It takes you up to maybe 27 touches. But the question is, how do you get from the first touch to the 27 touch when you're offline and then moving to online and then from online to offline. So that's a big pie that actually we are starting to tackle at the moment.
0: You, that's a very interesting uh, a thing that you bring up because A, I mean we're quite horrible as humans. We want immediate communication. Gone are the days where you send a message, take your time to reply. Now as I send you a message or a WhatsApp, reply now. So we've established that that's so important. But you talk about these 27 touches. What's the narrative here? Is is it a constant strategy to turn 27 touches to lesser and lesser and lesser touches? I mean, is there a balance or a fine line that you're looking for here? I think it's
1: more of how do we complement all your channels to enable you to hit that golden maybe 27. Okay. For example, even going to their web store, for example, that's one touch. Looking at their ads, that's a second touch. Going to their store, their real physical store, that's a third touch. Talking Mm. to... Their yeah, sales system, that's the fourth touch. Going back home, receiving a WhatsApp message that's automated from Sixo, that's a sixth touch. On the seventh touch, maybe I got a campaign, maybe because wow. now it's, you know, five five five. you know, like mm-hmm. May is coming up, right? Yeah. That kind of campaign. So all this will contribute. If you look at a sales funnel, right, from top to bottom, it's how it contributes people coming into the funnel and then how do we push them down the funnel. And what's right. important here, and it is a lot of times people will drop off from the funnel. You yes. need to say, yeah, I've spoken with the sales assistant. I'm not interested in that chair. But what happens when I say I'm not interested? How do we push them back into the funnel? Maybe one year time or two years' time when my old chair has, you know, yeah. it's already spoiled, it's no longer working. Yeah. That's an important factor that a lot of brands are looking at. And that's how we can try to minimize the leakages
0: yeah. in the funnel. Yeah.
1: Out of 10 leads, just to share with you, seven out of every 10 leads that goes through the funnel actually goes out of the funnel. Mm. So we at SleepTone, we help try to push them back into the funnel. If we can convert at least maybe 10% or 20% that went out and nurture them through our social channel, for example, that's a lot of money that can be saved for a brand.
0: Mm, keep them on the rim of the funnel. That's uh, that's quite interesting. Um, you were previously at Salesforce. Uh, could you share with us uh, how some of the insights uh, uh, from your own experience? I mean, you've got about a decade of experience, uh, I do understand. Maybe you could share what's uh, one of your best buys on social media, your own experience.
1: I think for me, it was probably during um, the height of the pandemic, okay. working from home, right? So I was, basically got buying a... I think everybody wanted to buy a monitor, right? Mm. And I think back then, um, I was looking to buy two monitors that were decently priced. I think for, for most people during that time, you weren't planning... Like, we're not used to buying like such expensive monitors at home because we work in the office, right? Yeah. And working from home was, was only a thing until like during COVID. So uh, I remember when I made that purchase back then, you know, I was looking for the best monitor, best value for money. Mm. And at the start of the time, there was this local brand, right? And yeah. this local brand was called Prison Plus. Yep. eventually I bought Prism Plus, but the reason I bought Prism Plus was because I was able to WhatsApp the salespeople. Right? Compared to the other brands, like your bigger MNC brands that you probably will know of, yeah. like Prism Plus allowed me to actually um, WhatsApp them directly. I could actually interact with them on Facebook Messenger. So first, I have a lot of questions I wanted to ask. And they are very, very strong on the digital presence. Yep. So you see a lot of local influencers on, on the ads. You kind of build that trust. Yeah. right. And I think all that kind of helped me make that purchase online.
0: It's quite interesting because uh, I myself, uh, me and my wife actually purchased uh, those uh, that brand of monitors during the pandemic. She was working from home a lot more than me. Um, and you see how, <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a brand like theirs with a strong online presence has now evolved. They have some pop-up stores uh, where people can go there and ask questions. Just to your point much earlier on saying, don't neglect the offline. Do you see a lot more brands going towards this direction, strong presence online, and then they make sure they have some kind of an offline uh, presence?
1: Yeah, so I think from from what I've seen, like trends, um, when, when we look at brands like Prism Plus or Secret Lab, right, mm. like these are homegrown brands, yeah. they are more on DPC, direct to consumer. So yeah. previously they just direct online and they use a web store to sell. But I think as, as a brand group, you kind of want to see and steal the product especially for bigger ticket items right Um, other brands like for example Omnidesk like another homegrown brand Mm. also started from DTC or D2C and then subsequently grew to have a a retail store very lately another homegrown brand started from DTC or D2C and also now have a retail store in Singapore so yes I do see a trend where a lot of Singaporean companies, especially when you're starting from B2C, which is less cash intensive, it's more uh, profitable at the start, right? When you're starting it off, a lot of people will start selling it online. But as you grow, you kind of want a store to kind of show your brand presence. You want to show how well you're doing, right? So you have, like for example, Prism Plus has one in Sunset City, Mm. Omnides has one in Sunset City, Love Vernito as well, started from a B2C block shop and now grown to become an O2O brand, growing and expanding even in the US. Yeah. So all these brands kind of show like, the importance of having online channels, offline channels, but, the, but making sure that it does not work in silos. Mm-hmm. So the hardest thing brands do as they scale and grow is, how, how, do we inter, how do we integrate what's offline and how do we integrate what's online? Because when, when you're online store, for example, I can track, hey, okay, I can see Elliot just visited my website. just yeah. dropped drop an inquiry. Yeah. But how do I track Elliot when he went to my retail store, right? Uh-huh. So that's where we come in in terms of social commerce when you are able to scan a QR code to WhatsApp the person directly, when you have a, for example, a name card from the sales assistant and you message that person directly, your data, alias for example, gets into the stick system. And that's one way that brands are also managing what's happening at the offline store.
0: Hmm, uh, it's, it's it's a good point uh, and it satisfies that human craving for the need to touch and feel uh, like you mentioned a little bit earlier on. Uh, Asnawi, just, just a final thought. I mean, and let's stick with the theme of local brands. What are the challenges do you see for them, you know, as the future of retail and e-commerce is driven by this social commerce aspect? What must they do? What would your advice be to them in order to stay ahead of the game?
1: I think what's important is to understand that Customers like to talk to brands mm. in a channel that they prefer. Okay. Not in a in a in a channel that the brands prefer. <laughs> Meaning to say some brands only prefer to have a live chat, for example. But maybe, Elliot, maybe you don't like to talk to a brand via live chat. You like to yep. talk to them via Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Okay. Right? So if a brand does not offer you Facebook Messenger, you might not want to buy from that brand. So because of today's day and age, we have such a varied demographic of your customer some prefer Facebook, some prefer Telegram and then newer mm, people. Some mm. now prefer what? TikTok, for example, right? <laughs> so the question is, how do you have a platform to enable you to speak with your customer very varied demographics in a channel that they prefer? Mm. And right now, there's no solution out there, but with 6 you can have that solution. So that's one thing that, you know, I would say that um, can help brands to kind of treat the gaps that we have currently in the market with so many channels out there, social as you would imagine, and it's mm. just going to grow. And this is just Singapore. Imagine if you're a brand trying to expand to Philippines who use Viber. Yeah. So, for example, Thailand, they use LINE. Yeah. That becomes a bigger headache, right? And that's something that you know uh, we work with brands to help to streamline and improve their full chat commerce strategy and social commerce strategy.
0: All right. I've been speaking with uh, Snawi Jufri, who is Regional General Manager, Southeast Asia for SleekFlow. appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great day.
1: Thank you so much, Janet.